Welcome back to another episode of Woody Benter. Your hosts, Nabil, Daniel, and Anika are here. And me and Daniel went to Michael Pariu's wedding yesterday. It was a nice event. We got shiny swords, which is and daggers. my most, the exci- most exciting part for me. Because <laughs> I think that's a cool thing. It has an... And, uh, <coughs> engravement on it mine says billy of the dinky doinkers and daniel says the veil and dinky, dinky doinkers. doinkers on the other blade that is our our gamer pseudonyms um and what about you anika what are, did you I did do yesterday unfortunately i missed the wedding mm-hmm. um but on Friday, I had a really good time with Hassan, who was our guest a few months back. Um, we in Mendocino? No, actually, we were in Berkeley. We had gone to listen to Salman Rushdie. Sorry, mm. this was yesterday? No, this was Friday. Oh, Friday, Friday. Friday. And then yesterday in Mendocino, I was part of a panel of writers reading about my own book, Wild Boar in the Cane Field, mm. and sharing a section called Birth Canal, which is about the main character, Tara, giving birth by the canal banks. Uh, it's kind of a play on the idea. So, of birth sorry, canal. this was in Berkeley? No. The first event was with in Berkeley and f- on Friday was to go listen oh, to someone. Oh, someone Gotcha, gotcha. W- that's the same, uh, the same group. Um, yeah, the bindery. The bindery. Yes. Or, well, I guess that's actually... What is it called? The workshop or something? The books, the, the booksmith. booksmith, and then part of the booksmith is the bindery, but and that is the organization that uh, facilitates. So the bindery is not just the location in Hayden Ashbury. They yes. also have other locations, and I think they um, rent out places where it's convenient for folk to come. Mm, okay. And so, because Salman Rushdie is one of the, you know national bestseller international bestsellers so of course you would have a much larger group that would have fit into that space that we had the other day right um people in hundreds came um i i don't know what the count was but there was a very large group because he's come out with a new book called Quixote, which is a play on the word quixote as in don quixote mm. the by cervantes the the knight who um, fought against the windmills Mm, and it's also a philosophical concept of critiquing the um the larger you know the 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 ideas that have been with humanity or been with civilization the kind of questioning ideas Mm. um, and breaking down those windmills so the character is an Indian character in the novel Kichoti by um, Salman Rushdie, and he's a traveling salesman who has been fired by his um, the person who owns the business, who is his cousin, and he is in love with uh, a TV personality, and similar to Don Quixote's Cervantes, um, and in fact we have a, um, a statue of Don Quixote over there in I the background. You can see it yes, in the you background. You can see it in the background. Um, yes. <laughs> so based on that uh, Spanish character, um, you have this novel of um, travel. Don Quixote with Pancho, who is his sidekick, but in this case, 
Kichoti's son, Pancho, is traveling with him across America, and he calls them the different valleys, and and he comes across racism and all kinds of other kind of challenges as he travels through America to try and find his beloved, who is uh, Miss Salma R on um, TV show, a younger woman that he's in love with. I, of course, always have a problem with these older men falling in love with young women and stories and movies being made about them. Mm-hmm. It seems to be, I mean, yeah, it might be um, an expectation, but just it being glamorized sometimes is a problem for me. But that that yeah. is that is what appeals to people, and so therefore it is presented. Mm-hmm. So um, so that was the, s- the book was about, and the person who was um, interviewing him was also an author. He's the author of the book called Less, and that actually is the name of a writer whose name last name is Less, mm. and he's a uh, unsuccess. It's a uh, extremely hilarious book about this writer who is very unsuccessful and um, and kind I'm of sure many can relate to that I am sure many can relate to that <laughs> so so that was my Friday evening and then yesterday I sat with a panel of writers uh, one who had written a book about um, from 19 19- the experiences of pre 13 year old girls from 1910 to 2010 and how uh, their individual experiences demonstrated the times that they were growing up in and um, I guess one of the major themes was um, and that was my question to her was was about the change of responsibility that a 13-year-old in 1910 had a lot more responsibility than a 13-year-old in present-day America. Mm -hmm. And the expectations were much greater from that person. Um, And now with new legislation, not new, but with the legislation about, you know, required schooling and all of that and work, age limits and so on, that has given young girls a a much greater opportunity to be children longer. Mm and find themselves. Um, another interesting book was about the fires and the, um, I forget the name of the book, but it was about the fires in Mendocino County, particularly the fires in 2017 and the uh, marijuana fields that were burnt and how the marijuana industry has changed and has made it more difficult for the marijuana growing farmers who used to grow it illegally the legalization of it has made it a bit more difficult for them. So that that's interesting turn on, you know, not only the environment, but also. And then there was a poet who is um, Poet Laureate of uh, Eureka. Hmm. Um, that is an interesting concept. So Poet Laureate is, for that year, the poet of that city. And this is a new thing that they've started in Eureka, which is a town up north. But most big cities in will Oregon? have a poet. N- no, here. In California. In no. California. But most big cities will have a poet laureate, and even countries have poet laureates. I wonder if there's any other um, skill or, well, this isn't a skill. This is more of a literary. Uh, it's a combination of skill and thought um, and art. Is there any area where you think that every city should have a master so-and-so, as in... I mean, if we lived in medieval times, maybe. 
Well, what about now? I mean, is there some skill where you think it would get... Because then the responsibility of the Poet Laureate is to try and promote the concept of poetry and get the, the community more engaged with poetry and literary endeavors. Well, I see so. similarities in the online communities of like software development where people produce video tutorials and discuss uh, solving technical problems on forums and just the actual documentation of some of these technologies that people work with. That kind of stuff, you could say that um, there are many masters online who help promote. Uh, Is there a master that you look up to? Or are they just generic masters of, of mm. coding? I definitely know there's like YouTube personalities who people would look up to as like, uh, oh, this guy, I really like following the way mm -hmm. this guy writes software. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I don't think I, I follow uh, one person. I just kind of take from all the different resources. Mm -hmm. um, so one could say that, yeah, they're all kind of... Uh, masters mm -hmm. um, but yeah I suppose that's an interesting concept when done, knowledge yeah. couldn't be uh, shared as easily and then it would end up with in like well the concept still exists you still have a master kind of for that year of, of uh, it's not that common though in yes. like other oh in other fields. areas yes no, I like guess not so. one person there's not like a one person to go to for the Redwood City, uh, are they called cobblers or the people who make shoes? Oh, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> like we don't have well, those. I don't kind know of if they I have just, them. I was just, I was going to Google it. I feel like there's a lot of, yeah, there's not usually one master, but there's usually one person that you enjoy listening to or understand better or is better at explaining than other mm -hmm. uh, masters. Probably. But yeah, you're right. There's not like one person you usually go to. Because uh, back. At day. least when I'm, I only think of masters in the terms of like people who post on YouTube their work. Mm -hmm. Any other work, um, I mean, not aware of. Well, it would be hard um, to accomplish these kind of things. You need a lot of resources generally, right. and you need to come from. Well, you need to spend a lot of time working on your thing, and that that takes time and money to do mm -hmm. uh, and so. producing. But now more people can do it, so. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting concept. So interestingly, as I was Googling through, Joy Harho is the f I think it's either Harjo Har or Harho, I'm not sure, because uh, she's Native American. It's not um, uh, his, uh, it might be Hispanic name, I'm not sure. She's the first Native American poet laureate of the US this year. Hmm. In the past, they've been usually they've been male poets, but she's a musician and a poet, and um, sixty-eight year old. Um, yeah, and who's also a musician. And who? Which institute backs this thing? Uh, this is or organization. It's it's through the it's is commonly referred to. It's the Library of Congress. 
the mm. poet laureate consultant in poetry to the library of congress that's Sounds like a government thing yes gotcha. official poet of the united states during their term the poet laureate seeks to raise the national consciousness to a greater appreciation of the reading and writing of poetry the position was modeled on the poet laureate of the united kingdom begun in 1937 and formerly known as consultant to poetry so interesting mm-hmm. very interesting mm. But you were going to talk about those swords and daggers. And those are, tell, tell, do you, did you ask Michael what the background of is uh, of giving those as? I don't think there was any background. I thought, I think he thought Sugar it would be a fun get. idea. And yeah. So I these are party agree. favors. Who, who, how many people got them? And are you outing the fact that Michael might not have given it to other guests who might have wanted them? The groomsmen and then oh. Faisal and Ajit. Ah, okay. Um, who, yeah. So there's no background to it. No, nope, it's just it comes from. Uh, it was just a cool idea, I think. Yeah. I mean, because people like normally give groomsmen gifts of like shaving kits or something. Like oh, do they? Fancy ones. I, I did not know that. Or like I uh, think. Oh well, I guess there is some background, and uh, I mean, you just kind of mentioned it. That he, I don't know if giving gifts to groomsmen is a thing. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. so so it like was that. It'll thing. be a box of like men. And then he things. mentioned like, um, he was also mentioning before about like uh, he wanted to forge his own swords, but before the whole groomsmen gift, or maybe that was part of it. I don't mm-hmm. know if you re- remember that, but he was just mentioning way earlier like, oh, I want to make my own swords or something. Right. So this, but then when it came closer, he's like, all right, I have a budget of X dollars. He found this this website that does this and does engravements too. Um, then I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool idea. Mm. Uh, Looks like strongblade.com says groomsmen and wedding party gifts include swords and daggers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's also some sort of mix between like a brotherhood and knightsmanship. Yeah. And that whole theme kind of yes. plays in. Plays yes. as an undertone. To this kind of gift, or nostalgia of the good times of when swords are used instead <laughs> yeah. of guns. <laughs> hmm. yes. Guns are not as fun as swords. I mean, like uh, as a gift. If you just shoot someone, no, no I'm just talking about oh, now, like, like in combat. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's more uh, work you have to do with a sword. True, with a gun. More it's like finesse. you end it in like one second, and the battle's over. Yeah. <laughs> That is true. I thought the uh, wedding church. Well, it was interesting at first because like uh, they were speaking in Arabic. Were they speaking Assyrian. Arabic or Assyrian? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't even know if I think Assyrian has its own language. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's called Assyrian. I think it's called uh, uh, Assyriac, a or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think is the language, but like. Um, I got confused. I was standing there. I'm like, am I in a mosque or a church? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the guy was like, ah, me. Yeah. And everyone in the crowd was like, ah, But me. then they would do the cross. <laughs> yeah, they do the cross. Oh, so they call it Neo-Aramaic or simply Assyrian hmm. or Syriac. Okay. The language, yeah. Yes, the language. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also thought it was interesting. There's definitely parallels between this generation because like, or, and I guess Muslims as well of like 
everyone was pretty much bored <laughs> after <laughs> after an hour. Everyone yeah. was tired. Like that's a common yeah. theme um, <laughs> with the youngsters. Yeah. <laughs> Why the traditions go too long? Yeah. Well, everyone's traditions go like uh, well, at least like, praying the praying part. People. I mean, you can imagine if you're if you think of like Eid or something, and then like you're just like listening to the as a kid, and you're just like going because your parents are bringing you, and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Although they do say people are getting less religious over generations so mm. who knows so, so tell us more though um about the about, swords yes about the <laughs> post religious ceremony of the entertainment and the fun um that really uh, was this something to do with a chair the bride sitting on the chair or something or well we did lift we them just up did on that, that yes. w- i don't think that was uh <laughs> there was two chairs and then darlene michael's cousin was like all right guys we're gonna lift them up on chairs uh-huh. uh uh w- what was the background on that? Did you just lift them up? Yeah, yeah. So first we got a chair and then a bunch of people came and Michael was on that chair and we lifted it up. And then Darlene like pointed me and was like, get the second chair for Brutil. And then I put it there. But then like nobody was around me. And then she sat down. I'm like, all right, guys, like I'm going to need some help here because I haven't you worked can't. out in a long time. Yeah. And even if I did work out, I don't think I can do this by myself. <laughs> And then we, we like went for one second and there still wasn't enough people. It was like me and I forget who, two other people. No mm. one wanted. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, come on, guys, someone else. And then a bunch of people came and then mm. we lifted them up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that happened. After Michael, but Bertil, I, I didn't want to risk the <laughs> dropping, the, dropping yes, it. That would have been, yeah, you would not want yeah. that to happen. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and then... Um, what else happened? So, um, can you give me the pen? Keep going. Okay. Um, so we had swords. We ate food. We sat down on um, chairs. Um, <laughs> you're writing cryptic <laughs> messages. Yeah. yeah. can't read this <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh, okay yeah um i don't get the message but anyway <laughs> so you still don't understand <laughs> yeah i don't understand but um i guess you can edit this out well <laughs> we're live, live so <laughs> okay i think i get it mm-hmm. um so tell me more of what what has been happening in your lives i have an interview this coming tuesday with a company called workday it's an operations analyst position where i i'm customer facing with the i guess well, the customers, which are companies that are integrating Workday into their, uh, to manage their what does that uh, human mean? capital. W- what do you mean by Workday? Uh, Workday is a software as a service mm-hmm. that, it's a, I mean, they call it ERM system, um, human capital. It's your 
internal resource management tool, mm-hmm. meaning human capital, your employees, mm-hmm. payroll, yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so, as a customer operations analyst, mm-hmm. I believe I'll—I mean, I'll be working with our customers, which are people who are using these tools mm-hmm. for these kinds of things and integrating it into their uh, business processes. Um, so I'd be helping them uh, debug problems, software-related issues, and then I'd also work with our en- engineering team to understand all the capabilities of it so I'm you know, knowledgeable about everything to make sure they're able to utilize the product as best as possible uh, and to help them uh, yeah so I have an interview on Tuesday and this is with the hiring manager I had a call with the HR lady on uh, Thursday and that went pretty well I got an email from her back the same day to schedule this and yeah it'll be interesting so I've only this is my now second interview with a hiring manager mm-hmm. which to me is like means you're getting Serious. close the, yeah, eight, right. the first call is like a screen mm. kind of mm. thing in my mm. opinion I mean not even in my opinion but it kind of is so that so that's a good thing but I'm hoping my first one I mean I, I got the no from the mm. first company I went mm. with so I'm hoping this one goes better um there's nothing much I can change, really. I, I was trying to think, like, is there something I should say Because you never know, they might have found somebody that is a better match. Yeah. Or they might have had somebody internally. My, my thought is that, yeah, it'll be, uh, like, let's say there's five people, and they're all pretty good, mm-hmm. like, and they all have different things, and they'll just be like, okay, we're going to pick this person. Like, I don't think it's anything mm-hmm. wrong that... Yes, is with yes. me it's yeah. just that you know you you're just a, a candidate and you're uh, they, they stack your um the pros and cons or mm-hmm. well, pros and then pick one so so i have a question um you who've been working pretty much in isolation for the past year and daniel who's just starting to work somewhat in isolation and and um Tell me about your reaction to when you're energized with your own ideas and you know what direction to take and when to stop and when to continue and when to work through the night and when to not and so on. Mm -hmm. And same thing with Daniel. What are your thoughts about an interaction with others where their needs might come in conflict with yours or um, what your thoughts are about that ideal situation where you feel fulfilled as someone who has been creative um, but working with others without getting uh, without kind of having to uh, responding to to people whose ideas might be different from yours but wanting to be creative and energetic as you are creative. So, so sorry, are you referring to a, uh, kind of a work-related yeah, environment? Yeah, work, work environment. Um, okay. I mean, any project that you're working on where, where you have an idea of w- the direction that you need to take mm-hmm. and then and if you have a strong enough opinion about it, how do you keep your opinion and your idea strong enough to be en- engaged without it 
conflicting too much with others' ideas that could be just as strong. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think naturally, um, people's ideas will conflict, but I think the idea that one person is wrong and the other person's right, maybe for like, I guess it depends on what topic you're talking about, but like there could be multiple processes of doing the same exact thing. Uh, and it has more to do with either the person's current situation or what they're actually interested in. Cause you're probably going to be more passionate about working in AWS versus web design, but someone might tell you, Oh, but there's more money in web design. Well, maybe for them, because they've been, you know, practicing web design for the past five, 10 years or whatever, they probably have more opportunity in that area. Um, so now I'll assume that we're talking about two people who are in the same field. Like, yes. uh, let's say they're both working. Right. At or AWS. if someone's saying like, I prefer Azure over AWS for these reasons. Yeah. Um, and he might be right about, you know, the benefits of Azure, but there could definitely be more benefits for using AWS in certain scenarios. I think the bottom line is, <clears throat> I mean, if you have the choice, and you are going to work with someone, you have to find someone who you just uh, mesh well with, mm -hmm. uh, where these things are not common, these kind of conflicts. Um, you definitely should be able to talk it through with the other person. And if you're both rational, reasonable people, you should be able to... That's a big expectation, <laughs> isn't yeah, it? I know, but these are the expectations I have for any partner I would work with. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you kind of, you have to, uh, what is the word? Or, or if you have an idea that you're very energized about, but it just kind of fizzles with everyone else. It's kind of, eh. Well, then that's up to you to keep keep it alive if you want to. Mm, right. Um, like, for example, at my previous work, uh, automation was a uh, one of, an exciting mm. idea that mm. I liked to drive. Mm. But not a lot of people, they, my other colleagues, you know, they like the idea of it, but since mm. they're not actively part in making mm -hmm. it happen, mm -hmm. like uh, th they're not also pushing my mm -hmm. thing about mm -hmm. that as well. So it was really up to me to go meet with the software people or mm -hmm. write, develop the macros mm -hmm. and, and work and then even work with them to say, hey, here's a tool that mm -hmm. can make your job easier. Mm -hmm. So they get the benefits of my idea. So... Um, how do you cultivate that with others? Um, or have you ever observed someone else come up with an idea and you just kind of squashed it? And squashed it? That you squashed it. Somebody else had an idea and you thought, yeah, I don't really think I want to do that. I mean, and again, if we're talking about work-related stuff. Yes, yes, work-related. Um, I mean, it comes down, if, if I have to do something. Yes. And I'm not benefiting anything out of it. Yes. Then that's where I would... What, what do you? How do you define your benefits? I mean, is, is it um, financial? Is it intellectual? Is well, it creative? So my role as a business operations analyst mm. is generally to help improve our processes. Mm -hmm. So, and I can, and I also want to be recognized for any work I'm doing to help mm -hmm. push that. So if somebody comes with an idea and I see, oh, this is going to help, even if it's not, my direct work if it's going to help something related to our department mm -hmm. um 
then and i'd probably see some merit to it and i would say okay like yeah i'll that idea sounds good I'll has help. it ever happened have you do you can you recall a time where you feel somebody was energetic and you just kind of either were passive or passively you know or actively yeah reluctant um <laughs> well like uh i we had a team mm-hmm. to handle the supply chain management which is like managing the uh components that go into building a server mm. so just managing the the supply of it mm. uh i was not when i joined the company i was not part of this team but mm-hmm. i started to because of my automation skills i started mm-hmm. talking with them mm-hmm. and I, I i wanted to be a part of like as much stuff as i could be yes because yeah. um, i'm trying to you know grow mm. um so I wasn't a part of that, but I, I, I made myself a part of it, mm-hmm. even though it's not part of my uh, responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I, I forgot what the original question was. The, the, did you ever squash anybody's ideas? Oh, um, I'm, I might have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sure I have, but mm-hmm. I, it's, I, it's, it's hard to remember because I don't. The way I would squash it is like, yeah, I'll look into that, mm. and then just don't look into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah, that that's happened a few times. Mm. And again, it comes down to: Do I feel like doing more work, mm. and do I feel like this work is gonna pay off somehow? Either my boss is gonna see see, oh, Nabil is doing some good work here, or it's just gonna make my job easier. Mm. Um, so. Now, maybe we could think, how about in a creative sense, does this, would this change? It it seems kind of black and white in a a business process, but Mm -hmm. if we're talking about, mm, well, how about writing a book and Mm. you, I'm sure you're... And the editor says something. Yeah. So how, uh, has your, have you squashed any publisher's ideas? Oh, I haven't had that much of an experience with that many publishers. I've only had. I mean, with, with the one, one that you've yes, had. One. I don't think so. I've because I am new at this, fairly new at book writing, very new at book writing. I went with the ideas that the editor had and the publisher had. Hmm. Uh, once I feel more confident about it, in teaching, there are times where I I feel when my colleagues will say something and I'll think, oh, that doesn't really work for me in the classroom. And I realize it might work for you, but then teaching is a very individual um, profession where you work with your team members, but you, in the end, you are responsible for your class. Right. And so um, there might be perceptions on way, the way things should be done. And if philosophically, because I have over 30 years of teaching experience, I disagree with that I won't necessarily openly squash that idea but I will take it in and think it doesn't work for me I will do what I do continue doing what I do it gives me a moment of pause Mm -hmm. and then I remind myself no this you know I've thought through this before I don't want to do it that way I want to do it you know the way that I feel is important one of the key points in teaching that I feel strongly about is is um, when students give me their paper, uh, multiple drafts, I feel if I continuously give them feedback on their drafts, that means I am pulling out the areas they need to work on and they're fixing it based on my ideas rather their own intentionality of looking at what they want to write. 
and so um, I have given up this concept of multiple draft submission. What I work with is in the class, you're going to be working with your essay, I will come and help you with the work that you're writing, and you or you will make appointments with me so that I can talk through what you're writing, but I'm not going to collect a stash of papers, give them all feedback, then ask you to rewrite them, because then you haven't taken an initiative to find what you need to fix. I have told you what to fix. Mm -hmm. And so yes, a paper with multiple drafts will be a finessed paper, but I feel that the process is not the pro the process is more important in writing than the product uh, when you're learning how to write. And so um, you might end up with a really well edited essay where you might have had help with tutors or other teachers or even your own teacher. Um, but if you don't know how you got to that point, then it's not a good reflection of your learning. And more important thing is understand how do you know, how can you look at your own work and say, I think this works and I think this doesn't. Um, because you will always, as a writer, as you know, as students, there'll be a limit to how many people will edit your work, especially when you get into the social sciences or other areas where you just have to submit a paper. Mm -hmm. And nobody's sitting there to look at your drafts and say, well, the grammar needs to be fixed or whatever. So to summarize, I do like to give students feedback, but I don't expect them to give I don't expect to have a structure where I'm constantly giving them feedback. I feel they need to come to me to ask, to get take responsibility of their learning. Um, but I wanted to switch gears a bit, if that's all right. That's unless fine. Daniel wants to add to his experiences. Uh, so both Daniel and I are working on promoting things, me, my book, and Daniel, his um, coffee and you yourself i guess and so you know this whole concept of social media and using social media to promote our work and so i just wanted to go through this list of this is a random the most popular social media sites okay and i want you to tell me i'll give you the list and then we can pick whichever ones you want to and kind of talk about them Facebook, okay, I didn't realize Facebook is still number one. I thought it was Instagram, but Instagram is down below, okay. Then is WhatsApp, then is WeChat, then QZone, I've never heard of QZone. Tumblr, I've heard of it, but I've never used it. Then is Instagram, number seven. Twitter, which is on number eight, I thought was much higher, um, up on the list. And this, of course, is a random list, so you probably say, well, you know, and then below that is Google Plus, and I'm thinking, what the heck was Th the story of Google? Uh, it's no longer. Yeah, I know that's what it says, no longer available. Yeah. And so, and they've actually got 65 plus sites, and they of course start with Facebook. And I'm wondering, is this Facebook? Did Facebook start this out? So, what what are your thoughts? Facebook, WhatsApp, and then they've got QQ, WeChat, QZone, Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Google Plus, and then Baidu T-Bar, then Skype, then Viber, and then it goes on and on, Snapchat. What are your thoughts? What is your go-to? And then LinkedIn is way down. LinkedIn is like 19. Are you, I know you're a big Reddit user. Mm -hmm. That's 21. And then there's Taringa, Foursquare, Renren. 
Is this uh, like most users? Or? Tagged, uh, yes. It looks MySpace like, is on the list too. Yeah, MySpace. Stumble upon, I've never heard of stomach. The dots. Stumble upon just helps you find uh, Snapfish. I mean, so tell me which ones are your go-to social media sites. Mine are probably YouTube. Honestly, I, I don't use any other than YouTube as of mm. recent. I mean, Reddit every once in a while. I think these... I mean, you th- you have to think about these as communities, just and there's there's a different vibe to each of these things. There's different the way it's set up, and actually, I think it has more to do with the kinds of people that uh, are attracted to these sites, and then the way that the media is presented to you. I think those are two mm-hmm. key factors that play. Uh, as to why certain types of people are attracted to one over the other. And then sometimes it could be as simple as, I just started using this, and now I have so much invested in this that that... I might as well continue. Yeah, like if you started on Facebook, uh, you have no reason to try out some of the new... Uh, what are the social new ones? And they're also those are it could be international as well, like the QQ and mm. all the I other mean, ones. you could think about... So yours is YouTube, yours, yeah. your go-to social place. And so it's, it's, it's very YouTube. similar in that people are sharing mm-hmm. their lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's in a different way. So Facebook might be text and picture based. Mm-hmm. And then you have like comments under that mm-hmm. that people uh, communicate Respond through. To, yeah. YouTube is somebody is putting up a video. And mm-hmm. then under that, there's the whole comments section mm-hmm. where people talk. Uh, so you prefer YouTube as a, a space. And when yeah. did this start? Because um, you used to be on other so- social media. Yeah, I guess this. so. I guess it was always there with the other social sites. Mm-hmm. But as of recent, for me, it's well, one, I participate in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, it's very the video format for me is a enriching way to receive information do you ever respond in video format i do not mm. i, I had i had thought recently that it would be cool and I, mm. they might have had this before but if you could like as you're watching a video respond like make a video response of yourself to mm-hmm. like a specific segment of mm-hmm. a video yeah and then yes. when somebody else clicks on your response it shows like the part of the video you're responding to and then yes. it also shows your response yes, yes i feel like that would be a cool way to get is, uh, does it exist so i know they had the youtube used to have video responses mm-hmm. and it would somehow link to the whole video mm-hmm. of some video so they had it before but now it's not a feature but but specifically if you could because a lot of times you're watching a video and maybe you might respond to the whole thing but a lot of times when you're watching it, there might be a funny moment in there mm. and you might want to just film your reaction to mm. that specific mm. part. Mm. And then people, when they see your part, they want to know like, even Facebook Messenger, they have a thing where you can reply to specific messages. Like you hold, like if somebody said something funny in your mm-hmm, Facebook mm-hmm. message, yes, you can hold down on the message and yes. then say reply to. And when you type your message, um, it it'll show the original message that you're responding to. So mm-hmm. that kind of, adds a bit more uh, context to your reading experience. What about Daniel? What, what's your social media of choice? Why, when, and how does it relate to the work that you're trying to promote? Um, so I use 
YouTube, uh, probably our Instagram as well, uh, Facebook, <clears throat> just for the Messenger mm-hmm. app. Um, um, but yeah, for like... Why Messenger? Now, I noticed you, you guys don't respond too much to text. I li- literally all... Actually, that was a joke during the wedding too, was like... Mm. Uh, like make sure you turn your phone ringers off mm. and like everyone at least in our age group typically has their phone on silent because mm. i don't think we answer phone calls as much unless it's a scheduled call or messenger um yeah messenger we use so no no i mean the um texting texting yeah texting we do as well okay so you do respond to text yeah well For other so people. let's be specific <laughs> yes. also because yes. whenever someone says text to yes. me that is your Any- data service text message yeah yes yes and then That's if you're what I think and of. if you're referring to any other because i know when one will say it and that we have discussions oh, and then oh, yes. it's like i'm talking about facebook messenger but he'll yes, refer yes. to that as a text no no know. i i think of text as the phone related yeah that's correct that's what i do too okay, and thank then you. facebook mess and then i'll the say messenger, messenger yes or what, it's the WhatsApp same thing messenger they're all different i don't use text yeah. if i'm saying i respond yeah i mean they're the same thing they they do the same thing but uh i message you i whatsapp you so you usually do that yeah i think that's mostly because a lot of the calls i'll get are just like spam so Mm -hmm. it's like it it was almost like when uh email like before they had like the spam bot or Mm, spam filter and i'm sure people started Maybe switching. But don't doesn't your phone tell you notify you of messages? Because that's usually what happens to me. Whether that's true, but the ringer is off. That actual ringer. No, no. As in, I just get you know you can see something happened. So I disable that for me. Yeah. So I have to manually go in Uh, and check. Why do you do? Why do you choose to do that? It's Um, distracting. It's distracting. I don't want to be notified about it. I'll when I'm in the mood to go Mm. hunting for this stuff. I'll go open the app and just check if there's any messages. Mm. Yeah, I want to discon emails though. I have that like Mm. that's like important stuff. So what what is your Uh, your social media of choice to promote your materials? uh, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook ads um, is like my primary source. Um, but I do want to get into Pinterest as well, which is like, uh, it's almost like Instagram because I don't know how that, I mean, I thought Pinterest was just a place space where you pin what you are interested in. It's like this, very similar to, to Instagram. Yeah. Where like you have your own, um, dashboard of interests Mm -hmm. that you have, whereas Instagram, normally you're only following, uh, like family and friends or users like you would on facebook pinterest is more targeted to um just like general hobby diy Mm -hmm. projects um and like very niche Mm -hmm. things that you're interested in um so yeah i mean at least from what i've heard instagram so so pinterest is used to promote stuff I, it I can be, it was... but a lot of it is, most of it is used for users to gain information on something they're interested in, like uh, Instant Pot, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Pinterest would show you different types of recipes in a photo format mm-hmm. of Instant Pot recipes. Um, so it's not just used to like promote whatever you're selling. Mm. Uh, you still have to make it an organic post like, for my post, it would have to be like a coffee recipe 
and then mm. people are like, oh cool what's this channel mm. and then go to my website if you just like spam out like oh buy my stuff i mean it might work but you'd have to already have a following <clears throat> yeah i'm certainly no master on understanding these different communities and like i i only really understand the stuff that i use because that's i understand it because i know why i use it but i don't understand like so, why someone would use like to me that pinterest is not interesting but the, right, I'm right. sure there's an audience there, but I don't understand. So do you, or even Instagram, you don't use it. I yep. do use it. I, although I, I more understand that, but yeah, I, I, you you're right. I don't use it. Do you no. banter wittily on your text or your uh, no. messaging or your? I never get involved in that, but I, I'm glad that people do get involved because mm. then I get to enjoy. Well, it's more on Reddit mm. when somebody posts a witty response to something. It can be funny, Comment. yeah. Mm. So it could be entertaining. So I'm glad that people use that. Now I haven't yeah. used Reddit at all. I think I just joined when Daniel told me to join, and then after that I didn't f follow up on it. Tell me more about how you guys use Reddit. I just use I just I browse. Mm. You site. don't interact. Rarely. I think I may rarely. What no, about you, Daniel? Yeah, same. Rarely, like I will. What do you What do you go there for, though? What happens is, I think people go into a lot of depth about mundane things sometimes, which is so impressive. Yeah, I know. I, I can't why. imagine doing that myself. I have so little. I wish I could think of an example, but yeah, yes, it'll be something you never thought about, yes. and somebody has knows this a uh, bunch of context Today about. Today I learned about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's for. It's a forum of people who go into depth about things that you maybe not, maybe wouldn't have. Would you go spend time? So doing. you do go. I would imagine you would go through coding. Yeah, I'm sure they have a coding section. I have never. You don't go to that. What do you yeah. go? I also to shy Reddit? away from coding stuff in general. But on Reddit, it's usually the front page stuff. Mm. The new news, or it'll be like today. I learned that there was a. Uh, the chimpanzee first recorded chimpanzee war uh, was between two tribes mm. and it was in like nine, I forget 1967 or something mm. but like it was the first recorded like actual war between two factions mm. of chimpanzees so they're just like random facts you'll learn or yeah, so uh, you. yeah <laughs> that's where I get a lot of my <laughs> interesting facts um, there's also like really good photos so mm. they'll have like an earth uh, subreddit which shows like very dramatic photos of different parts of the world um so there's like just interesting either text inform information and like photo information but uh each subreddit has its own genre like any other platform so uh, another area <clears throat> that you have both been fairly interested in since you had that tutor remember way back holland when? yes yeah, so physics. you know what i'm touching on yes yeah Tell me more about the show that we've been watching, The Beginning and End of the Universe. And yeah, I think I only really paid attention yeah. to one episode, and then I was... You zoned out. Well, the second episode, we started mm. halfway into it. I think you, mm. you had already started watching mm. it. Mm. So, yeah, no, I definitely find it interesting. I think that guy is going through uh, an in-depth... Doing a lot of homework mm -hmm. and going through technical aspects of it, like mm -hmm. the first episode, he was going through the way that uh, astronomers measure light and mm. uh, just generally technical things that can 
be kind of dull mm-hmm. to the general a general group of people but I think it makes it more interesting if you at least if you really want to get into it then he's doing a good job and what, what showing fasc- you this what fascinates you about that topic it's cool because we're trying to understand things that are so far away and we are at least we think we're doing a decent job in painting a picture with the tools the mm-hmm. limited tools that we have mm-hmm. where they're I mean we can't just look at something and see it how it is. We have to like uh, scale it down and use mm. these different measurements of and... the brightness of stars mm. will tell us how far away they are. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, I think it's just... What, what triggered your interest? I guess it's the same interest as somebody, a Christopher Columbus type, who's mm-hmm. like, I wonder what's over, mm-hmm. you know on the other side of the world or so this is like all right we've discovered the world it's a sense of discovery Mm, it's like mm. nobody our kind has not investigated outside of our planet so you wonder you know what's out there can resources be mined will we find other intelligent life um so i was reading a book by or listening to a book by uh, about leonardo da vinci and his life and one of the things that uh, really stood out about him, apart from being a, a great painter, was that he was always very inquisitive and very, very interested in even the smaller, most what seemed like unnecessary things in life, like um, the wing of a hummingbird and, and how it moves to, to maintain its balance in mid-flight. Um, Daniel, if you were thinking of yourself as an inquisitive person, what uh, and you seem inquisitive enough where you kind of want these random facts about things like what you just mentioned mm-hmm. um wh- what do you think like for Nabil it's been physics and astronomy and and the universe since he met Holland I guess mm-hmm. uh, and computers as well what uh, and none of those have been related to his profession or his um academia or whatever it's just been a personal interest what in particular has been your interest um, um, that you've really wanted to know more, more about, about? Uh, sociology mm-hmm. and I guess psychology mm-hmm. are kind of my two interests Tell me I more. would say it was politics but um, history used to be a big yeah and history, history as well um, why sociology and psychology uh, just as interesting to see like how uh, humans or even animals work and understand each other. <clears throat> um, so I want to learn more about that. Was it ever anthropology? Was was there interest? I had yeah, I had that class as well. Um, I wasn't as interested in, I guess, the whole fossil aspect of it, mm-hmm. like I, physical traits mm-hmm. changing. I, I don't know. I wasn't as too attached, but I definitely liked or enjoyed like learning about different uh, ways humans survived and mm-hmm. cultural uh, things that developed over time. You know, why so, do you think you're interested in, um, and you might have been beginning to answer the question when I cut you off about sociology and psychology? Um, yeah, it was basically, I, I just want to understand how, uh, how societies function and how uh, humans I guess interact and and 
or why why they do the things that they in do in groups i think yeah I, I think the why aspect is probably the most interesting part is like why do humans gravitate towards this kind of behavior or why do um humans enjoy this mm -hmm. that sort of thing mm -hmm. or animals <clears throat> i think for the next maybe a few thousand years we're going to learn more about things on a micro level as opposed to exploring the outside world because mm -hmm. right now with the technology that we have i think it's kind of hard to travel far distances mm -hmm. but the things like the particle colliders and making mm. particles collide and uh, understanding how things work on a the quantum level mm -hmm. i think that'll be for humans or intelligent life that'll be the uh, we'll make more advancements on that side of things as opposed to space uh, yeah and then maybe those discoveries can help us develop tools to mm. probably not even send humans way out there but send robots out there to give us information about Hey, what's going on out there and things like that so is there um generally the majority of folk get interested in something based on a movement or a, something that happens and people are fascinated by it or the if they can engage with it in some way um have you noticed uh, so now when you look at climate change and all of that have you either of you noticed any major movement in science? We started talking about poetry and poet laureates and all of that and trying to rejuvenate this interest in poetry on you know a city level or a state level. Can you think of um, any movement that you've seen related to science or scientific knowledge that has energized larger groups of people or not? Well, I don't really like the guy Neil deGrasse Tyson, but I think he's a good, he's doing a good job of that kind of stuff. Yes, yes. Um, I feel like he sugarcoats things too much and mm. he makes it, I don't know, the way he comes off, mm -hmm. I think I told this to Daniel a while back, is mm. that it feels like I'm the smart guy and you're the dumb one and you don't understand and let me dumb this down for you. Mm. Whereas someone like, uh, I listened to this guy, John Carmack, he's mm. the CTO of Oculus. Mm -hmm. He the way he talks, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He'll go through technical things mm -hmm. and you either have to hold on mm -hmm. and try and understand or not. But I prefer that because it gives me a glimpse as to what the they're thinking about. Yeah, yes, and the complexity yes. as opposed to like, you know, yes. sugarcoating it. Yes. But I think Neil is doing a, a good job at... Um, Engaging a larger group of Into people. physics and science and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I still think that's going to be a smaller... Uh, community of people mm -hmm. as humans advance I, I don't see your everyday person getting involved in that kind of stuff um, I don't know there's no it's reason. not uh, it's not so, so much there's no reason there's lots of reasons but that's just not how humans work on a right. larger scale so I mean I, I would um, argue that something like um, Game of Thrones got a large majority of people into fantasy. into fantasy, into a form of literature, into reading the books related to it. Harry true. Potter as well. A lot more people were reading. So um, 
and of course you know people can argue but i i i haven't read either harry potter or uh what's his name um, george R. R. martin yes martin, martin. Oh. but i from what i have heard they are well written books right and they are you know it's not just um so so that is where i've seen people at least with somewhat semi literary work i mean they're not hardcore literary work but it's gotten people interested in reading and so why would we not have some similar um mass movement in interest in science yeah i guess you could i could relate this to uh, gaming so mm. you know gaming early on was very much a nerdy thing mm. that a, a small mm. group of people were into mm -hmm. I mean, you could start with the whole arcades. That's maybe mm -hmm. where the video games first became popular. Mm -hmm. um, and then even PC games. I remember in high school, it was very select few people who were playing games mm -hmm. on the computer. Right. Mm -hmm. um, now with games like Fortnite, which you maybe have mm -hmm. heard, um, it's kind of, they, they have the whole eSports mm. scene yes. where people are, it's become way more popular. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I can see, I can relate it to that. Um, but I, again, and I don't know how many, I still think it's a small part of humanity that's involved in video gaming. I, I, like, I think it's like a wave. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's popular, mm -hmm. and then it'll it'll kind of die down a little bit and go. Maybe you, and when it comes and dies down, it's it's a little bit more than what it was before. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe if you keep building waves, you can keep getting more people involved in the uh, subject matter that you're talking about. Any scientific endeavor, I mean, making science. Yeah, and well. Well, this may seem obvious, but if you have more jobs in science, then that will also attract people. True. If you're for, if that's the only way you can make money, then I think human, I think that would be a so big that, driving force. That I think, I mean, I know you're, you just, you know, disclaimer that that's obvious, but I don't know if that's that obvious. Well, I'll say if you're looking for a job and you go on these job forums mm. and if everything says business analyst mm. and there's only two postings for art designer or yes. something yes mm -hmm. you're, you're probably going to become a operations analyst unless you're the best art designer out there mm -hmm. so um what about you daniel what are your thoughts about popularity and would society benefit i mean i'm i'm saying this with the assumption that society in general will benefit from a greater knowledge of science is that a good assumption well, we can just take a look back at history. And I think a couple, several episodes ago, I said history was useless. And I regret saying that because <laughs> after that, I realized that you look back on things and think about it. So, but yeah, if you look back at um, where technology, the mm. value it's brought us mm -hmm. just with smartphones and the internet, mm -hmm. um, I think you can say, yeah, if you kept digging into science and technology that I'm sure we could get more um, more people interested in what it, Bill Gates is doing with the whole self-cleaning water thing where it mm -hmm. can turn dirty mm -hmm. water into drinkable water those mm -hmm. kind of things um, yeah I think that stuff can 
Daniel, you have any thoughts about it? Uh, any insights into your Reddit reads? One minute left too, so yeah, okay. So make it quick. No, yes. you can. I mean, you can take your time. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know if like having more jobs. I mean, I guess I would have to see some sort of like case studies or something on that. Um, so I really can, have no idea. Maybe we can bring can this up. Make an assumption. We can bring this <clears> up <throat> next week after doing a bit of research about the movement around science and what makes people interested in what has made people interested engaged in science and well so i'll ask this Darnell. so do you not think if you were looking for jobs and all the jobs were of a particular thing that wouldn't push more people into those fields you don't think like that's yeah the case? i think that that might be the case like it might get more people in the field i don't think that necessarily equates to people's interest in it like, well that's true it I, might yeah. not advance it might just do whatever the job tells them to do right right, right. no i agree like no, uh you might just be forced into it if you have to make money and pay bills right um, right and those are the only jobs that's what you're going to do and i'm sure that was similar in medieval times i'm sure some people really didn't care about farming Right, but right. The feudal lords have set up a system, and you're a farmer, bud. So get to work. <laughs> get to work. <laughs> um, and then maybe over time, sometimes you get into stuff not liking it, and then you can gain a gather an appreciation of it. Uh, yeah, you could as you're involved yeah. in it. So here's what I li I'd like to suggest for the ending of this program today. Mm -hmm. Program. I would like to suggest the teacher that I am that we give ourselves some homework to think a whole week about and then come back and see if that homework we gave ourselves made us think deeper or just distracted us or we just ignored it so what would you all like to come back with as far as your homework to discuss when we meet next week did you have any suggestions um I don't have a suggestion, but um, I think... Yeah, I mean, generally, I think it's a good idea that we could have a more in-depth discussion as opposed to mm -hmm. randomly trying to freestyle it, even mm -hmm. though I don't mind freestyling I don't mind freestyling the conversation. But it might, th there's probably going to be a value add if, you, if we actually do yes. some homework on something. <laughs> right. Um, well, we were talking about science and technology just now. Mm. Do you guys want to... Let's take that. And day. it doesn't have to be that. It could be a history lesson. If you want to yes, learn yes. about the history of coffee, you could mm. just do a little bit of searching and tell us about that. Yes. Um, Something that you already know that you're going to do. Okay. How about for the first one? We just, everyone just pick something that you either want to tell mm -hmm. us about, teach mm -hmm. us about mm -hmm. um, in some sort of depth. And maybe if, if it can be would be even better is if it could actually be useful to our endeavors so yes, yes. if it can be associated to marketing or mm -hmm, well marketing mm -hmm. for you or mm -hmm. writing and then mm -hmm. me i don't know pro programming and getting a job if it can be applicable in that sense then uh, that would be even better so okay just pick something i will pick um writers in the 20th century and uh, particularly novelists um okay. and pick particularly female novelists maybe i'll pick uh the first programmers and just the idea of computers because i read that the first programmer was a female mm. programmer and i don't remember her name but she's from the early 1900s i think mm. and she was the first one to come up with the concept of 
programming in that we would write instructions and a computer would fulfill the instructions mm. kind of thing. Okay. So maybe I can look up like what's the history of computers and so computer programming specifically. So you're going to the past, I'm staying in the present and gender is key. Okay. Uh I'm not sure what I'd pick. Yeah. Like no on problem. the spot, but something about human behavior will be my topic. Okay. okay. Sounds good. All right. So swords up. Swords up. Oh, hoorah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, toodaloo. Toodaloo. toodaloo.